Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. The Screen the Screener podcast college basketball preview series rolls on where today we're going to preview the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm Mike Randall. You can find me on Twitter at Randall Rant, R-A-N-D-L-E Rant, and you can follow the podcast at SDS Podcast on Twitter. My partner Gus Kearns and I have continued our team preview series, just continuing to pile up the schools all across the country as we get excited for the best part of the year, the opening of the college basketball season. Today we're fortunate to have Ryan Aber, who's an Oklahoma Sooner beat writer for the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com. You can find him on Twitter at R-Y-A-B-E-R at Rye Aber, and he's going to talk all things Oklahoma Sooners. The Sooners came off their incredible 2016 Final Four season, battling throughout the year, playing very close games, but finishing up a disappointing 11-20 overall and 5-13 in the Big 12. But they did have some great wins, highlighted by a great win at West Virginia in the middle of the year. They lost star guard Jordan Woodard as well as Dante Buford and Darian Strong Moore. But this year, it all centers around the incredible five-star freshman, Trey Young. From right in Norman, Oklahoma, Trey Young is recruited by every major college basketball program in the country. The 6'2", 170-pound freshman guard chose the Sooners and will be stepping right into the starting lineup and joining a team that has a lot of young potential. The trio of Christian Doolittle, Kadeem Latin, and Jamuni McNeese up front, they're looking to really make some progress. Latin is certainly going to be one of the leaders on the team as the only senior. The backcourt joining Trey Young will be Cameron Mugusty and Rashard Odoms, both of which flashed their athletic ability and their potential to score last year. But it's going to center around Trey Young. He could have went to Kansas. He could have went to Oak State. could have went to Kentucky. He was a former ball boy for Oklahoma, and he decided to stay at home with Lon Kruger, the underrated Lon Kruger, who has missed the postseason in his great career four times since 1991. He's always made the postseason except for four times. And following each one of those seasons, his team has made the NCAA tournament. And certainly we're going to talk to Ryan today and he'll explain why that is a very strong possibility for the Oklahoma Sooners and one where in a very crowded Big 12 after Kansas, the predictions are wild from the Sooners being as low as seven or as high as number two. Ryan is real positive on Oklahoma. So am I. So let's bring him in right now. Ryan Aber of the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com to preview the Oklahoma Sooners 2017-2018 college basketball season. The Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series rolls on today where we have Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com to come in and spend a few moments with us, talk about the Oklahoma Sooners basketball program. You can follow him on Twitter at R-Y-A-B-E-R, A-B-E-R, and he joins us here to talk about Oklahoma basketball. Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you doing today? Doing great. And uh, we have this team preview series and we're going through all the teams and certainly Oklahoma is at the top of the list here in the Big 12, and we want to get your, your thoughts on them today. Last year, Ryan, Oklahoma certainly was a was a sort of rebuilding year, if you will. I mean, the amazing season in 2016 with Buddy Heald in the Final Four trip, and certainly last year was a young team for the Sooners. So talk about that a little bit, and while it may have been a little disappointing, there were some, some signs of positive things last year, right? Yeah, especially there uh, toward the end of the season where they didn't, win a lot of games, but they were right there in virtually every game that they played. We're able to pull a couple of games out late that were, were upsets, but uh, a really disappointing year overall for the Sooners. I don't think anybody expected that kind of drop-off, even when you talk about the production that Buddy Heald, Isaiah Cousins, and Ryan Spangler had the, the previous three years, and especially that final four year. But they had Jordan Woodard coming back. They had a, a good young base 
that they felt good about, but things just sort of fell off. The wheels sort of fell off right before they got to conference season and they were never able to, to get stabilized. But they did ha- get a lot of improvement out of Rashard Odom. He became a guy that they could rely on for scoring later in the season. Cam McGusty, as a freshman, wound up being fantastic. He was able to, to score a lot, especially from the outside. It, and there were a couple other guys who you saw progress from, Jamani McNeese especially, Kadeem Latin uh, late in this, that season. That, that seems to bode well for this year, uh, especially when you talk about the pieces that they've added to this team that, that weren't around a year ago. You did have some big wins. I remember one in particular back on Wednesday, January 18th, the at West Virginia game. West Virginia was rolling there. Oklahoma came in on on a Wednesday night and won in overtime, 89-87. So there was, there was some improvement towards the end of the year. And certainly, you know, Lon Kruger has done an amazing job with this team and, and has them poised now to really sort of surprise, I think, in the Big 12. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the Big 12 and clearly Kansas, you've got to pick them to win just based on uh, what they've done for the last uh, decade plus. But uh, really beyond that, you look at teams that Oklahoma should be able to compete with. And yes, the West Virginia is going to be pretty good again. I think Baylor is going to be really good again. Uh, Iowa State, I think, is going to be uh, down a little bit from where they were a year ago. TCU uh, should be right there in the mix and right in the, the three or four spot as well. So Oklahoma has, especially when you talk about, and I'm sure we'll get into to Trey Young and his uh, what he brings to this team. But when you talk about what he adds with what some of these other first-year guys add, Oklahoma should be right there in that mix because Lon Kruger's teams generally get better uh, as the year goes on, and they generally play pretty good defense. And when you can do that, you can at least compete, even if you're in a conference like the Big 12 that's so tough top to bottom. Yeah, and, and a real quick stat about Lon Kruger, which is fascinating. He has missed the postseason four times in his career since 1991, and following each year, his team has made the NCAA tournament. So I, I certainly think that bodes well. He's kind of a guy, Ryan, that goes under the radar. You know, when I was back in college, I remember he was at Florida. They had a lot of success, made the Final Four there. I think he's a superb coach. It just doesn't get the credit nationally. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a little bit because of his recruiting reputation that he doesn't bring in, you know, the McDonald's All-Americans, the big five-star guys. I mean, Buddy Heald wasn't a five-star guy. He brings him in and, and nurtures him into the National Player of the Year as opposed to, say, Jeff Capel, his predecessor, who was bringing in McDonald's All-Americans left and right. So it, it's a little bit different reputation for him, especially when you talk about nationally with you know, the, the coaches who get a lot of attention. But he was able to get a five-star guy this year in, in Trey Young. But generally, he brings in guys who fit into a system, who are willing to play defense, who are willing to be coached, and they do what they do, and, and he does a fantastic job with it. And uh, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that this team uh, rebounds in a big way this year under Lon Kruger. Yeah, you mentioned Trey Young, and a lot of his is expected of him. He was already named preseason All-Big 12 honorable mention along with Cam McGusky. So talk about Trey Young. You know, freshman, it's tricky how much of an impact they can make, but all signs point to him being an impact player right away for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a guy who was – basically named the starting point guard before he stepped on campus. As soon as he committed, that was uh, the track that Lon Kruger had him on, said, this is your team. So he's a leader right off the bat, and they show that by he's going to be one of the ones that they bring to, to Big 12 media days here in a couple of weeks. 
He's going to be a face of this program. And Trey Young is a guy who in high school had to score a lot. He was taking three-pointers from, you know, 10 feet behind the arc and had to do so much for this team. And there's, I think, a lot of people, especially around here in Norman, who watched him game in and game out, who wondered, you know, how would he be able to handle being in the flow of an offense? How would he be able to handle being a part of an offense instead of its focal point? And he's still going to be asked to score a lot, but he's not going to have to take on that same load that he did in high school. And he's shown that he can do that. He's shown that he can distribute when he's playing against uh, guys who are at his level or playing with guys that are at his level in AAU during the summer. Uh, He's been able to do that. So I I think his transition is going to be uh, maybe a little bit smoother than some people, especially around here, like I said, that that watch him uh, game in and game out would think. Let's stay in the backcourt there. And, and Cam McGusty and, and Richard Odoms, you mentioned both of them return as two of the team's top three scorers. Uh, McGusty was basically a, a potential Big 12 star last year. He's got the explosiveness. He attacks the basket as, as a freshman. And Richard Odoms uh, in the backcourt as well. Talk about McGusty and Odoms and how they're going to mix in with, with Trey Young. Yeah, like, like you said, it's just attacking the basket with both those guys and, and their ability to do that can open things up on the outside for Trey Young, especially with, with driving kicks and things like that. Cam McGusty had gotten so much better at that as the year went on. And I, I think even with Trey Young running the offense, they're going to try some of those things. And Odom's especially, the explosiveness that he showed late in the season after not seeing as much of it. Now, McGusty at least has the uh, ability to, to stretch defenses out a little bit. He, he hit uh, quite a few threes. I think he hit shot about 35% from behind the arc last year, uh, shot a little bit over 100 of them. So he's got the ability to hit from the outside. Odom's not as much. He's not going to shoot very many of those from the outside, but they're both explosive toward the bucket. And that's something that this team, as good as they were the last couple of years, they've been missing having a couple guys who could do that because they had Isaiah Cousins who could do it a little bit. Uh, Jordan Woodard did it a little bit, but not not nearly as much as these guys. Buddy Heald was mainly an outside guy, although he uh, got more and more acclimated toward, toward that toward the end of his career as his uh, focus shifted. But uh, the explosiveness of those two, I think, is going to go a, whole, a big way into showing how much this offense is, is going to or how explosive this offense is going to be this year. In the front court, guy I really enjoyed watching watching play during his career is is Kadeem Latin, especially on that team a couple of years ago. He is the only senior on the roster. Steady guy, great leadership. He was eight point four points and six point three rebounds last year as a starter. So talk about him. This is a pretty young Oklahoma team. You know how is Latin viewed? Is he the leader of the team? And and he can he be a stabilizing force in the front court? Yeah, I think absolutely. Really, him and Trey Young are the two leaders of this team. Rashard Odoms and Cam Augusti are still young, and they don't really have that personality that, that Trey Young has. But Kadeem Latin certainly does. He's a guy who commands the attention of his team. And I, I think seeing the improvement that he had toward the end of the year, he was really up and down uh, during that stretch where they struggled. He'd have good games, and then he'd completely fall off, get in foul trouble. But toward the end of the year, uh, he really started playing well, and he's shifted his body a little bit in the offseason. He's uh, gotten a little bit stronger and also starting to play a little bit farther away from the basket, so he's got the ability to uh, 
hit an outside shot. I don't think he's going to hit shoot a lot of threes. He's only attempted a couple in his career, but I think you're going to see maybe that number go up a little bit more this year. But his ability to defend away from the basket, I think, is going to be big for this team, especially when you look at ways to cover the the missing interior piece because Christian Doolittle is suspended for that first semester. They've got some other guys that they feel good about, but you could see maybe Kadeem Latin playing a little bit more in the four role at times, uh, depending on what they need on the floor at uh, any particular moment. A couple of the big guys we can talk about. Jamuni McNeese certainly is going to step up now with the Doolittle suspension. And they do have, I, I think I'm saying this right, Hannes Pala, a uh, 6'11 freshman from Finland uh, who can maybe score a little bit away from the basket? Yeah, he can. And and what uh, I, I think it's uh, – well, I'm not going to try to pronounce it in Finnish because <laughs> it's got the accent marks and everything like that. But but Hannes, we'll, we'll, we'll just go with Hannes. How's that? That's good with uh, me. <laughs> but he brings that – he's 6'11", he's 265. He's a big, thick interior guy who brings a physical presence that they really haven't had uh, the last few years. Uh, You know, McNeese is 6'10 and 215. Latin is uh, right about that uh, as well. And they're really tall, lanky guys who can get physical a little bit. But uh, Hannes is going to be a guy who's going to be able to bang around down there. He's also a guy who's a little bit more, uh, can play away from the basket a little bit, especially when you talk about, you know, the European style game, but he's not a prototypical European player. He's also a guy who can get physical and bang around down there a little bit. And I think that changes what they could do on the interior. Now, how quickly he's ready to play is the question because he's still in transition mode, got there during the summer and they're still bringing him along, but they feel really good about some of the other young guys that they've, they've got on the interior. They feel uh, like Brady Manick, uh, the six nine freshman from the Oklahoma City area can be a guy who can step in immediately and contribute, and also uh, another guy who has the ability to to stretch defenses a little bit because he can hit shots uh, from the outside. He was asked to do that a lot in high school, but I think also he's a guy who can be a much better player at the college level than he was in high school, just because he was much like Trey Young, although Trey Young was averaging almost 50 points a game, Brady Manick wasn't. But Manick is a guy who every single bit of the defense's focus was on him in high school. That's not going to be the case. So I think you're going to see his offense actually get better uh, at this level than what it was at high school at Hera. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating with with Trey. He was averaging forty two point six points per game. One of those odd numbers, Ryan. It's just you know you, you've heard thirty, but forty is a tough one. And, and he chose Oklahoma over Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Kentucky. What was the inside vibe there? Was this something where people thought that that Lon Kruger had a, a good shot at getting him all along the way? Because I, I think I read he was a ball boy for Oklahoma a while ago. Or was this still like a pretty big surprise and, hey, you know, this was a great signing for them? Well, I think it was a little bit of both. I think Lon Kruger and his staff felt really confident about things just because they had the relationship with him going back quite a bit. Like you mentioned, he's been around the program for a long time. Heck, even the last couple of years, he's been around virtually every game when he wasn't on another recruiting visit. And just being able to, to see that, to build that familiarity with the program, but at the same time, even a local kid 
when Kansas and Kentucky and, and every other national program that really came after Trey Young hard start coming into Norman, OU fans held their breath a little bit with that because of, one, the history of, of local guys leaving for those programs. I mean, we saw, you know, Kalina Azabuki left Tulsa and went to Kentucky. We've seen a couple of Oklahoma City products go to Kansas, guys like J.R. Giddens and Xavier Henry uh, over the last couple of decades. And I think a lot of OU fans held their breath a little bit, especially with the struggles of last season. But uh, in the end, the desire to, to come home, to stay home, and to uh, build up a program and, and be an identifying uh, factor in that uh, really played a role for Trey Young in, in staying close. And I know he's got some uh, brothers and sisters that are uh, he's really close with that he wanted to have the ability for them to, to come out and watch him game in and game out, which played a role as well. Ryan, I love looking at schedules here and the 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 preseason schedule, the pre-conference schedule for Oklahoma is pretty strong. I mean, there's USC here, of course, which is going to be a top team nationally at Wichita State. You have Northwestern before you get into the murderous Big 12 schedule. So uh, this is not for the faint of heart here, is it? No, absolutely not. And that's what Lon Kruger likes to schedule aggressively. I mean, they've, they've also got a chance to play North Carolina in the, the Phil Knight Invitational out in Portland in, in late November. So this is a schedule that uh, it can be pretty rocky, especially for, for a young team. I think ho- they're, they're hoping they can build up a little bit of confidence through those first uh, three or four games before they get into the, the real meat of the non-conference schedule because uh, you're going to have to strap in, like you mentioned, uh, not only those non-conference games, but right off the bat uh, in Big 12 play, they start with uh, a road trip to TCU, then they've got Bedlam at home, which Oklahoma State, you don't know what they're going to be, especially with everything going on with uh, uh, Mike Boynton and, course, and the assistant yeah. coach yeah. who uh, got caught up in the FBI deal. But uh, then they, they get West Virginia on the road right after that. So uh, they've got a tough, a tough uh, road to go in this league, but that's something that Lon Kruger really wanted for this team because of the expectations that are put on them for growth and also – uh, just just the need to have uh, some signature wins before you get into the Big 12 where things get really difficult. Ryan, was there any concern with the whole FBI investigation at Oklahoma? We did not hear them mentioned whatsoever. Lon Kruger, of course, you know, very respected guy in the profession. Any concern there that was going to touch Oklahoma or no? No, I don't think right now, at least not that I've heard now, you know, you never know. I've sort of gotten gotten to a point where I'm never going to say definitively right. that somebody's <laughs> not going to get caught up in some kind of scandal because we've seen too many examples of guys that we absolutely thought were above reproach and they get caught up in these things. But talking to people around the program, talking to uh, assistant coaches and, and certainly, certainly to Lon Kruger, I think it's more looking out at college basketball as a whole and wanting to, to clean it up. Uh, Lon Kruger talked pretty forcefully about what he thought would be some of the, the steps to, to go through to clean it up and that it needs to be changed and, and college basketball needs to, to come out of this in better shape than it was uh, going in because Ron Kruger feels like him and his coaching staff do it the right way. And he said that teams that do that are put in a dis- really big disadvantage when so many teams go the other way and get into the, the payments and, and things like that that uh, have been uncovered to this point. And I imagine there's there's going to be more 
that's going to come out of this whole FBI deal when it's all said and done. All right, Ryan, we can't thank you enough for a few moments. I got one more, and then I'll get you out of here, and I'm going to uh, sort of put you on the stand. The predictions for Oklahoma this year have, have been have high variance. Uh, people have picked them as high as second in the Big 12, and then I've seen them as low as, as seventh. That that Big 12 is very bunched up, of course, Kansas, but there's a West Virginia, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, the, Kansas State. They're all bunched together. Give me a prediction on where you think the Sooners are going to finish in the Big 12, and then if they make the, the NCAA tournament, which I both think we, we think they will, how do you think they're going to do? Yeah, I, first of all, I think they are going to make the NCAA tournament. I think they, they uh, are, are too good and have too much talent coming back and add Trey Young, I think, to that. They're going to be a team that's going to, to uh, be there in the end. But I, I think they're going to finish uh, fourth in the Big 12 this year. I think, obviously, Kansas is the team I'd pick. Uh, Baylor and West Virginia in some order, I think those teams have uh, some really good pieces coming back and were, were really strong teams a year ago. But I think beyond that, you know, you wonder, I think TCU is still going to be pretty good. So I picked them right in that four or five spot. But I think Oklahoma maybe is a little bit more talented than TCU and can make a little bit uh, bigger leap. Texas is a team that, yes, they're talented, but they're talented every year. And they seem to struggle when when things start getting into late in non-conference and into conference season. I, I don't see a reason why that's going to change. Iowa State, I mentioned them. I think they're going to be down a little bit. Kansas State, I think it's going to be a struggle for them. Same thing with Oklahoma State. So uh, I'd, I'd probably pick them fourth right now. And I think that uh, if they're able to make it out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, which I think they're right on that, that bubble of whether they can, they can do that, make the Sweet 16, then that'll be a successful season for this team. So I, I think they're right there on the border of uh, making it to the second weekend of the tournament. Yeah, that's great. 77% of their scoring output from last season has returned. You add in Trey Young, and I certainly think you have a recipe which will end in an NCAA tournament bid for sure. Uh, Folks, Ryan Aber, some fantastic information here. Beat writer for the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com. You can follow him on Twitter at R-Y-A-B-E-R, A-B-E-R. Ryan, thank you so much, man. We'll be following you the entire season, and we're really looking forward to some Oklahoma Sooner basketball. Sounds great. I appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed it. Great. Thanks so much. 